Are you a church leader trying to navigate the tension of doing ministry both online and in person? Welcome to the Bricks and Clicks Church Leadership Podcast, a podcast where church leaders and ministry experts share ideas, solutions, and experiences about making church work both in person and online. Meet the hosts of Bricks and Clicks, a Brit and an Aussie who became friends in their efforts of making churches irresistible. Duncan Banks lives just outside London, England, and Jason Perkins lives in Brisbane, Australia. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Banksy and Perko. Well, hello, 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 and welcome to the Bricks and Clicks Church Leadership Podcast, where an Aussie called Jason Perkins in Brisbane and a Brit called Duncan Banks, that's me, just outside London, we're talking about everything to do with church. How do you create a Bricks Church and a Clicks Church that works in this crazy COVID world we're living? How are you doing, Jason? I'm doing well, Banksy. How are you, mate? How are things in good old London town? Oh, grey as ever. Now, listen, you... <laughs> you <laughs> Always the you, case. <laughs> we did this webinar with, with Shane and Jordan, and you know these guys since they were little kids because you worked with them. They're in Austin, Texas, and they've come up with what they call this flywheel, this idea to connect people to church, even in these mad times where we're living through lo- lockdown. And it just works. It's mm. genius. It's fresh. It's new. I've not heard anybody talk like this. Yeah. I think this is probably one of the best podcasts we've done. Why don't you introduce the boys to us and we'll get right down to it. Yeah, Shane Norcross, although he looks like he's 12 years old, is actually, I think, a little bit older than me. So I haven't haven't actually known him since he was very young because he's a bit older than I am. He's the director of community and director of groups at North Point Austin, North Point Church in Austin, Texas. And then Jordan Geist is their director of student ministry, uh, which is basically for high school uh, age students. And then he also now is the director of content because they have implemented, like you said, Duncan, an incredibly uh, effective tool that they refer to as a flywheel. You'll learn more about that in just a moment where they connect content throughout the week and get people into community. Have a listen to this conversation with Jordan and Shane. Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to our Wednesday webinar, wherever you are in the world. We're so pumped to have you. Um, If you are in Australia, we are thrilled that you chose to stay up on a Wednesday night to hang out with us here on the webinar tonight. If you are in the UK, thanks for uh, taking a bit of your lunch break to join us. And if you are in the US, first of all, I've got a question for you. What are you doing out of bed this early? Because it is five o'clock in the morning central time. If you are in Austin, Texas, where our good friends, Jordan and Shane are from, hook them, go Longhorns. Um, But uh, it is six o'clock on the East Coast and and much earlier in, in the mountain time and Pacific time. So we are pumped that you've chosen to be with us today. Um, If you are joining us for the webinar, wherever you're joining us from, I see a bunch of people there that are joining us tonight or this afternoon or this morning, wherever you're at. We would love to hear where you are joining us from. Um, So if you would jump into the chat straight away and just let us know where you're tuning in from and what church you're connected with, that would be really, really helpful for us because we would love to know all of those details. Um, We've got Jordan Geist and Shane Norcross from North Point Church in Austin, Texas as our guests tonight. We are pumped that you guys chose to jump in to this call. Thank you, guys. Duncan, before we dive in, though, to the conversation, 
Duncan, what are we going to get out of today's webinar? What is a, What are the takeaways for those that are on the webinar tonight or this afternoon? Yeah, it, I, think I've, <laughs> I think I've got the best deal here, Perco. What time is it for you in Brisbane? It's 8 o'clock at night, which is not that bad. And in Perth, it's not too bad. people are just having dinner in Perth right now, so it's totally and, uh, That's all right. It's 5 a.m. for our guests in, in Austin. And, I mean, it's, it's 11 in just outside London where I am. So it's morning coffee time. The sun is shining. So I think I've got the best deal here. I really have. Um, <laughs> so anyway... These are the things that we hope you'll take away from um, our hour together. All of us are trying to wrestle with this idea of how on earth do we create a church that goes beyond the hour on, on Sunday. And this is the beautiful thing that this whole pandemic has, has given to us. This gift it's given to us is we've realized we, we can't do church as usual. And so that hour service on a Sunday morning feels like it's not enough to keep people engaged and connected and learning and growing and part of us. So how do we use the other 167 hours in a week to keep these people engaged and reach new people? And when I found out what these guys were doing at North Point in Austin, it blew my mind. And I am so excited for you to pick up some of this learning because I think it could be a game changer for all of us who are trying to lead churches. So that's the big takeaway, how you can... Think about church beyond Sunday and keep people connected and engaged for the other 167 hours in a week. And if you don't come away with that, then I'll promise you, Perco will give you your money back. Absolutely. We'll give you your registration fees back immediately. There's a bunch of people jumping into the chat. We've got people um, that are saying hi from Brisbane. We've got people from Wales. We've got people in Manchester in the UK. We've got people from all over that are in the chat saying uh, hello to us. We'd love it if you would jump into the chat, tell us where you're watching from, where you're listening from. And then if you'd also tell us the name of the church that you're connected with, that would be really, really helpful for us. And we're going to start off by just getting to know our guests tonight or this afternoon. Uh, Shane and Jordan are in North Point uh, Church in Austin, but we're going to keep it within the Commonwealth to start with, Duncan. I don't know if you're aware of this, but Shane is actually a Canadian. And so to keep it in the Commonwealth, I'm going to start, Shane, by asking you if you would just tell us a little bit about what your role at North Point Church is, and then how did you get involved in ministry there? Because you weren't involved in ministry when I first met you at North Point Church as far as an official staff role. You were doing something else. So I'd love to just have you share a little bit of that story. For sure. And before I answer your questions, Jason, I just want you to know that I'm honored to be here and spend this time with you guys, even even if it is five in the morning and it's pitch black outside behind me. Um, you know, I first, yeah, I am Canadian and I enjoy speaking and talking to others that are part of the Commonwealth. Uh, my wife is Texan and that's why I'm here in Texas. When we got married, we, we compromised and moved to Texas. Um, <laughs> and I actually grew up in a church. I spent my entire life in church. Uh, but church to me was a, a Sunday morning experience. I, I went to church. I sat in a row uh, for an hour and then I went home and I honestly was a, uh, a lonely, isolated, broken man. Uh, you know, I, I put on this mask on Sunday mornings and the rest of my week, I didn't know how to live. And it wasn't until I, I met our lead pastor, Buck Ebelhaus at North Point Church. Um, I actually met him at another church um, and I got into a community group where I, I recognized the power of authentic uh, Christian community and it changed my life and it wrecked me. And, and I, now I, you know, my, I'm passionate about helping people find what I found and what I yeah. discovered. And so uh, I've been on staff at North Point for, I think, four years. 
Um, before that, I was a volunteer uh, for quite a while. Uh, I didn't think I would ever uh, go on staff at a church, but uh, Buck wore me down and, and finally uh, took care of all of my excuses and reasons why I shouldn't be on staff and, 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 and got me to make the jump. And it's, it's a decision that I, that I have never regretted. So I love getting to do what I get to do. And I'm the, now I'm the, the, the groups director at North Point Church. So my primary role is, is helping people find community and find a place where they can be encouraged to pursue authentic community and spiritual growth. So that's my primary it. role at North Point. Shane, I love it. And um, I feel like I probably had similar conversations with Buck where I threw a number of excuses to him. Because <laughs> um, I had a really good gig when I was living in Texas. Yeah. And, um, and I remember many conversations with Buck where he finally said, you know what, you should really be leading a church, Burko. And um, I finally took the plunge as well. And I'm forever grateful for his friendship and his leadership in my life. And Shane, I'll just uh, quick reminiscing. I remember when I was a, a small group leader, uh, adult small group leader um, at the church in Austin. And Shane would hound me, Duncan, to make sure that I got my attendance reports in to let him know who was actually attending group and who wasn't attending group. And I'll tell you why he did it. He was so passionate to not let people slip through the cracks and not find a place in community. He was so passionate to make sure that people found community. Um, so I'm super thankful that uh, you've had great leadership investment in my life. I'm super grateful for it. So are you, are you sure about that, Jason? Jason, are you sure about it? Are you sure he's not, he's, it's nothing to do with the, the more his numbers go up in groups, the, the more his wages go up as well. I'm not yeah, sure I, it's just about yeah. getting people in. I'm not going to tell Jason for, that, Duncan. I actually know for a fact, Duncan, that that doesn't work. It doesn't work that way at North Point Church in Austin. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. I know it all too well. But hey, Jordan, it is so good to have you on the call, mate. Um, man, I remember doing youth ministry together for a little bit and uh, Sunday afternoons when we were meeting in the elementary school and the primary school to uh, set up an environment for high schoolers and you were a high schooler leading the whole thing and you still are in leadership at the church. Maybe just share with people on, on, the, on the webinar a little bit of your story, how you got plugged in at North Point and what your role is currently. Yeah. And like Shane said, I'm super grateful to be here. This is just like a really cool, you know, full circle moment for us a little bit thinking about meeting 10 years ago. But um, yeah, so I, I didn't grow up in, in church. Um, unlike uh, Shane, I had, you know, more of the Christmas and Easter experience, not great church experiences growing up. And so uh, up until, you know, 17 years old, kind of the very end of high school, uh, I wasn't going anywhere. Um, however, I did uh, come to North Point kind of through a girl similar to Shane. I mean, you were Austin because of a girl, but uh, Emily, who who is now my wife, had invited me to, uh, you know, this Wednesday night event that was like, I don't know, 15 people in this kind of empty room, you know, you know, music, YouTube videos on the wall. Like, it is a miracle that I ended up enjoying this experience, especially kind of being out on church. If it weren't for Emily, there's no way I would have come back. But, um, but we were, we were just small then. We were set up and tear down then. And, uh, and then I, I came, you know, a, a few times this Wednesday night and then to North Point on a Sunday morning, finally. And for me, I had, I mean, I had never even really experienced like any kind of non-denominational church. Half the church uh, that I went to growing up, the, the service was in a different language. So just to, to hear like English was cool for me. Um, but, uh, so that was, that was a good start. And, and then I just, I really did, I fell in love with it. Just the ability to, 
to be myself, the authenticity of it, the ability to ask questions. I had a lot of intellectual questions. I felt safe to ask all those, um, you know, groups context was, was huge for that for me as well. And then we were just so small that anybody could be in, you know, leadership. It was like, Hey, you know, you're, you're a student, we've got four. Um, will you, you know, come and help. And so, uh, between setup and teardown and student leadership and all that, I just had lots of opportunities to stay engaged and involved. Um, and then went to the University of Texas, which is only you know about 30 minutes away, so I was able to intern with North Point um, throughout college. But it was actually at North Point, end of high school, that I, I placed my trust in Christ and um, really kind of launched launched the journey from there. So I uh, yeah, I came on staff, I guess just a few months before Shane, so because uh, it was January 2016. And uh, I started uh, with students and have been our student director. Uh, I still am our student director, but took on this new content role only as, uh, as recently as July here. So, Well, listen, guys, thank you for, again, getting up so early in the morning um, and being with us on the webinar. I'd love to start by just asking you about this thing that I stumbled across that really is the catalyst for why I reached out to both of you to ask if you would be on this webinar and it's this graphic that I came across um, that you guys have developed and you refer to it as your flywheel. In fact, I think Jordan's going to maybe bring it up on the screen here for us so that people can see what I'm talking about. As I came across this graphic, this flywheel, it really for me was a simple strategy to help connect with your community beyond Sundays, beyond your service. And so when I saw this graphic, I was like, man, that's, that's very doable. That's a, a very doable strategy that I think is also transferable to other churches as well. And we'll get into having you guys explain this, this flywheel in just a second. But you guys explained to me how you got to the graphic through a really profound question that you guys wrestled with and you kind of processed with for a number of number of, I guess, days, weeks, meetings. And I would love if you would just share with us, what was the question that led you to this strategy? And how, what was the process like in trying to wrestle through that? And I don't know which one of you want to take the question or the process, but jump right in. Yeah, yeah, I can jump in on it, Shane. And then if you want to, you know, add any, any context that I, I miss. We, um, so we, I, I mean, for context, I think this is, is pretty common across the board as we're hearing and connecting with a lot of churches, but, you know, right around, for us, it was March timeframe here when things, you know, kind of shut down, spring break, and um, we had been doing church online already, and we just kind of invested in that a little bit more, tried to like tweak things and make production quality a little better and stuff like that, and real high energy momentum for the first, you know, couple of months, people were excited about the opportunity to still connect. And then, you know, uh, momentum started to wane the longer that we were in this and the more people realized, oh, this isn't just a two-week thing. And um, so we, we sat down, this was, you know, kind of early July uh, as we were in a second spike here in Austin and, and really starting it was to sink in that we were uh, in it for the long haul. And we just acknowledged we hadn't really done anything to innovate. We hadn't really done anything to change or be proactive, take advantage of the moment. Um, you know, we had really just reacted and we'd reacted well. I don't even mean that in a negative sense. I mean, we changed and got everything online and it was great. Um, 
but we were saying, hey, if if this is if this is going to be our our foreseeable future, and uh, if all of our normal tools are taken away from us, you know, kind of our top ten core sweet spot strategies that we've always known and loved, and it's helped us get to this point. If those have all been taken away. I mean, are, are we just going to more or less throw in, throw in the towel and say, ah, we'll wait this out and it's okay and it's hard for everybody? Um, or are we going to say, no, like our, our mission has never changed. It's to lead people in a growing relationship with Christ. And um, what are we going to do? Like, how are we going to adapt? How are we going to react? And so the question that was thrown out, uh, I honestly can't remember. I don't know if this was our, if this was Bug, our lead pastor. I don't even remember who brought it up, but they were basically saying at a leadership team, we said, what if we could never gather as a church in this building again. Like, what if that was our reality? What would we do different? And it wasn't until we asked that question that we really started to think different. Um, because up to that moment, it really was a little bit more of a survival mode and this unspoken or spoken thing in the back of our mind that we're just kind of waiting to get back in person. And hopefully that's going to save everything and be the end all be all fix. And so that question launched um, a lot of what I think we'll you know, talk about over the, the so, next hour here. So Jordan, just let me just let me re kind of recap and, and summarize what I'm hearing. You guys come into COVID like everyone across the world, let's call it March. You guys invest a little bit more into your online experience that you already had. So you're probably, I'm assuming, streaming your Sunday services online for people mm -hmm. that are out of town or they're homesick or whatever, they can't make it to the building. You invest yep. a little bit more to make that a little bit better in production value. You see a rise in, in interest and in engagement from that because people can't come to the building. But then simultaneously, you see a dip in that a little bit and also a secondary spike in COVID. It just says, hey, this is not a short-term scenario, guys. This could be a long-term thing and we don't know how long-term. And that led to this really clarifying question. If we could never gather back in our building ever again, our mission hasn't changed but our method has to change. We have to adapt. What are we going to do? Is that essentially what you guys came to? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Shane, I don't know if you'd add anything to that, but those are the, the pieces. So yeah, no, I think you hit it right on the head. Uh, just like we were super passionate about the people around us and you know, we live in a world where people are becoming more lonely, more disconnected, dealing more and more with anxiety and stress. And we as a church just can't sit, watch, and react. God has called us to something greater. And, and we didn't know with certainty, is this the right direction forward? But we decided that we weren't just going to sit and wait for life to return to normal when we knew normal might look very different. Yeah. And we also don't know the timeline of what normal, even if we do get back to normal looks like. So, so walk us through the process, like get really practical for us. Are we talking like we're just in leadership team meetings with a whiteboard, we're spitballing, we're throwing ideas or is that what this looked like? Yeah, we're in a leadership team uh, in, a, in a big room because we're all really far apart. From <laughs> That's <another>. right. Social <laughs> distancing in a leadership yeah. team meeting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and then we just start spitballing. I mean, I mean, that's why I say it was that question because I, you know, I don't know. We were, you know, meet once a week. We'd already had 12, 16 leadership team meetings in COVID. And it, this was the first one. It took about 30 minutes to get from that to our lead pastor talking about 
you know, what if we turned every single room in this building into a studio? What if this was like Saturday Night Live? What if we like, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I mean, we're throwing off like all of these kind of off the wall, crazy ideas. Um, some of which have materialized in what we're doing and, you know, some haven't, but uh, it was a completely different energy, completely different conversation um, than, you know, anything that we had had uh, yeah. prior to that. So gone, gone are the conversations of like, how do we make the audio better during our songs and worship online? You know, two we're songs, now talking, three songs, songs at the end or what? Yeah. yeah. Do we do the songs in the beginning? Do we do them? How many yeah. songs, you know, should the message only be 12 minutes? Can we get away with 15? Buck, can you please reduce it down from 20, please? You know, those kinds of conversations out it's the like window. It's like you were sitting on our leadership team. Yeah, those were all of the ones <laughs> prior to that. We are talking brand new concepts of turning rooms that were once babies' rooms, crash nursery into a studio to record whatever is necessary because we'll never be able to gather and we want to reach our community with the hope of Jesus. Love it. Right. Duncan, I know there's some people that's, that have Perko, got, that's just do what, go ahead. No, just just to jump in there. I, I mean, I I think that's I I struggle to say this because it's really bad, but that's the kind of the, the positive side of this COVID pandemic. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's it's been negative for so many people. People have lost jobs, they've lost their health, they've lost their futures. I get all that, but the positive side of this is it's given all of us as churches the chance to think differently. I remember one leader recently saying it's almost like we've squeezed five years of considering change into a few months when we've actually had to make those changes. Um, and so I would encourage everybody who's listening, who's involved in some level of church leadership, don't just rearrange the deck chairs on the Titanic. Don't just fiddle with the little tweaks in the corners. Here is a great opportunity to socially distance gatherings in a room with leaders or on Zoom and say, if we can't meet again, how would our church change? Have the courage to ask those big clarifying questions and you might well come to some answers that you never, ever thought. And you know what it's like in church, you want to make changes uh, and they seem minor changes, but there's always someone who's going to push back on it. You know, now's the time to do that because everybody's expecting change because everything's changed for everybody. Yeah. So if you ever wanted to make a change in church, there has never been a better chance to do that. So I love the fact that you guys grabbed this opportunity yeah. and locked yourselves in a room and came. And so for me, I'm just desperate to learn from you. What, what answers did you come up with? You well, know, if, and you, I, if you say... And I want to, Duncan, I want to get to that. And we will. We're going to get into that like immediately. But I think before we get into learning you guys' strategy, because I think it's phenomenal. I think it would be a, we'd be amiss though as church leaders to just copy and paste what you guys came up with without going through the process of discovery for our own context. Because yeah. the question you guys asked, that's universal. It, it's not limited to Austin, Texas, or even a model or a style of church. That's a universal question that I think every church in their unique context has to wrestle with. And actually the product at the end will, will be far greater because you went through the process rather than just copying and pasting. However, all of that to say, I still love to not have to start and reinvent a wheel. And so I want to get to the flywheel because I feel like you guys may inspire us with some ideas and some creativity to say, Oh yeah, that's something that would work in our context or that would be effective in our particular context. I think that's a, a great one. As we dive into the flywheel though, for those that are, that are watching, you're in the chat and thank you so much for jumping into the chat 
and uh, letting us know where you're, where you're tuning in from and what church you're connected with, please go ahead and pop any questions that you have, especially as we dive into this content, into the chat section. And we'll be sure to uh, address those. I see one that just popped up from Lindsay from LifePoint here in Brisbane. Um, I saw another one from Chris at Beyond Church, and we'd love to, to get all of those questions to these guys as they dive in. So, so Perko, just as these boys are beginning to unveil this flywheel to us, yeah. can I just clarify, you talked, you've mentioned this flywheel word about three times now. Can yeah, you sorry. just clarify, define it? Because when, when I was growing up, I had a hamster called Mikey, and he had a hamster wheel, and it <laughs> would keep him... Yeah. keep him healthy in his cage and so you would talk flywheel i mean is that like a little wheel for flies just to keep healthy what's what is a flywheel so i think i think that it was probably jim collins that popularized the concept of a flywheel but let's be honest there's farmers that have been using a flywheel on the side of their tractor <laughs> to cut wood long before collins ever wrote a book and the flywheel is really just the principle behind it is to set in motion a series of habits, rhythms, principles that you apply to your organization repeatedly, that once you do it regularly, it gains momentum and helps you to achieve the results and the goals that you're wanting to achieve. So I think that's my best shot at explaining it. Jordan or Shane, you guys have a better explanation of it. Feel free to dive into that. But I say we jump right into what is the flywheel that you guys came up with and, and perhaps just walk us through the different aspects of it. Yeah. So as we started to talk about, you know, what tools do we have that are available to us? And one on a practical note, I, I think asking, you know, that question or version of a question to the leadership team uh, in, in your own organic process, like you had talked about, Jason was huge because then having the buy-in from the whole team, there yeah. was a degree to which we had to hold each other accountable to it. Right. Like when we would throw out ideas somebody around the room, if it was an, an kind of an old school thinking like, hey, that's like church Sunday, one hour a week is all you have. That's old school thinking. That's what we did. That's really kind of trying to wait back to get to where we were, you know, so we have to like catch ourselves in that thinking. Um, and what we landed on was we felt like, you know, it, it had to be simple. We had to focus on what can we do great in this season. And um, what rose to the top for us was content because of the fact that we have uh, people's attention in a different way. They're spending, you know, more time on screens and devices, you know, than ever. They're home, um, you know, they're, they're isolated. They have less to do right now. Um, and so that was one area to say, how do we, you know, provide great engaging content? Um, and then the other is we're seeing, you know, as much as ever, uh, Shane is like, hey, I've been touting this my whole life, but we're seeing as much as ever the importance of connection and community to, to see how desperate people are for that and how core that is to, to um, you know, who people are. And so we're like, can we focus on those two? And the reason we called it a flywheel is because we really want one, you know, to point to the other and enforce the other. So this is not like an isolation, like, hey, we're going to get 50% energy here and 50% to groups. Um, but we want to focus on how does our content point to opportunities for connection, point to opportunities for meetups and to engage? How does the, the meetups then enforce what's happening with our content so that people are growing their relationship with Christ, et cetera? Um, and so those were the couple of, um, of big pieces. And then we, we reorganized around that. So um, we have, you know, almost everybody had a, had a new role, a new job description. 
Um, for practicality, we've talked about it as about this two to three month experiment. So I, I don't mean that like it, it, you permanently maybe make hiring and firing changes off this right off the bat as you're seeing how it works. Um, but we got, you know, new roles, new job descriptions. That's where my content role uh, came out of. So previously I was, you know, just students um, and the content role was to oversee the content half um, of this flywheel. Um, our logistics teams and the admins teams, they became producers. They're working on all these sets. Um, we did turn a couple of rooms into studios. So it wasn't every single room in the church like Bucks Desire, but we did uh, invest in a, a couple of rooms to be studios and, you know, quick drop backgrounds that we can make different in a podcast studio and stuff like that, which was really big. Um, budgets changed to reinforce what's happening online and on social um, our social media team, we completely redid, um, got some younger voices in the room. And, um, and so it was, you know, a lot of, uh, organizing, um, around, uh, this, this idea of, of content, um, and community. And so I'm happy to go into each part yeah. as well, but those are the two big pieces that we kind of, if you can do that, on. Jordan, go into the specifics of the flywheel, but then as you're discussing it, cause I, I know that you guys work off kind of a hybrid team of full-time staff, part-time staff and volunteers that you have trained up that have interest in production and producing things and helping with social media and other things. I think just explaining that will be helpful because we're not talking about a church of a hundred staff. We're not even talking right. about a church of 20 staff full-time. We're talking small staff and leveraging high capacity volunteers and part-time roles and contractors to help pull this off. And I think that that's really important to understand for people. Yep. hundred percent. Yeah. We, um, I, whenever people even ask us how many full-time staff we have, I, I never really know. Cause it, it is exactly <laughs> that. We have so many, yeah, we have so many volunteers that like are basically in full-time roles and it's just, you know, we've, and that's, that is a big testament to Buck's leadership that the heart of that hasn't changed since you were here with us 10 years ago, Perkos, in terms yeah. of just, you know, putting people in leadership positions perhaps before they're ready. Part of that's, you know, our philosophy, <coughs> is, you know, you don't have to have a, a master's in theology to run a camera for us, you know? So um, there's things like, like that, um, that, that is kind of, you know, our approach, but, um, but yeah, so it's, it's very much a mix of, of all of those, um, of those combos. I'll, uh, I can bring up the flywheel again to, yeah, to jump into it. the parts. Um, so again, I can speak, I'll speak to the kind of the top half and then hand off to Shane for the, the bottom half here. Um, but the top half, if, if you're looking on the webinar is, is the content, and we broke those off into kind of three parts. So for us, the Sunday conversations are what we're referring to as, you know, what traditionally would be, you know, your Sunday morning service. If you go through series or if you go through books of the Bible, however your church does it, we said that still provides some clarity and some momentum for us as a church. It's something to, you know, look forward to, something to promote, something to help people, you know, remember certain topics and seasons, et cetera. So it's not like we've done away with those or something like that. We still have an hour, you know, service that comes out once a week, et cetera. Um, and I'm not saying that there isn't, you know, a, a time and a place for that. But what's interesting is I think, you know, probably all churches pre-COVID have also been saying, church isn't just one hour a week. And that's something, you know, a, a lot of us have talked to and preached to and want people to adhere to, but yet we've always still organized our staff and our teams and our weekly meetings and all that kind of as if it is, you know, it's still preparing for looking to, and then evaluating this one hour a week. 
And so it started with changing and saying, hey, if you know, we're going to look at, uh, like Duncan has been saying, these other 167 hours of week, um, how would we take advantage of that time? And so we have content wise, we have these Sunday conversations that are kind of the cornerstone. But this overtime content came out of the concept to say anything that reinforces Sunday, adds context to, et cetera, falls in the overtime category. So as a communicator, myself, any of you that are lead pastors, you know this, like you could get up and speak for 12 hours, probably in any given topic, any Sunday, right? Like one of the first immediate things you do probably do is a massive cut, just trying to get down a lane. And then you cut, 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 cut again. People think we talk too long right now. Like they don't even know what we could really get up there and do. They have no idea didn't get, yeah. what didn't get into the message that's still Absolutely. stuck in Evernote. Absolutely. But we started asking that question of like, why do we do that to ourselves? Like, why do, you know, why do we, that's old school. That's kind of one hour a week thinking. Why do we feel like we only have this, you know, 30 minute or whatever, you know, your preaching window is a week when there's so much other time that they're consuming so much other content, you know, average person's on their phone for five hours a day. Like why, why are we not getting into those other hours of the week? Um, and so overtime is where we uh, take a lot of the the content that came out of a series brainstorm or whatever didn't make it into a Sunday message and we said now let's sprinkle those over the course of the week and so sometimes it's a brand new concept or idea sometimes it's adding to and reinforcing what we talked about Sunday um, but we're meeting people where they're at which is really cool to think about because they're they're now consuming this content in places where they can actually do something about it, right? Like they're not, not in a row on a Sunday morning, but you know, they're at their place of work or they're, you know, in their home, they're with their family. They can have an immediate conversation. They can sign up for counseling on the spot. They can change their finances. I mean, they, they're in a place where, you know, I think application can go up because they can actually do something about it. And so we've branded that whole kind of category. If it's specifically specifically related to the Sunday conversation is, is overtime content. So um, our new podcast is in that. Um, that's not novel to you know every church, but our podcast we do once a week now where we add a lot of context and conversation. We do um, a lot of bite-sized content. So we're still trying to shrink those. We're still having the shrinking conversations like we used to have on Sunday morning, but we're trying to get our, our Instagram, if it's a video, trying to get it under two minutes, two minutes. If it's on YouTube, we're trying to get it under five. We're still trying to, you know, force those and fine tune those. Um, but this kind of more bite size, like I consume that, I can consume that. I have attention span for that. Um, I, you know, I can watch us at work. I can listen in the car, um, you know, in my room, wherever I, I happen to be at the time. So Jordan, um, give me, Give me a couple of examples, specifically overtime content. You've talked about podcasts and then you've yep. talked about short form content. And I've, yep. I've seen some of what you guys are putting out. So for instance, I know one of the short form contents that I watched was a book review that mm -hmm. tied into a message from the previous Sunday. And I've actually seen that a couple of times now. So somebody says, Hey, we're in this series and this series really ties into a book that I read a couple of years ago that impacted my life. They share a very quick, here's what it impacted my life. Here's kind of a summary of the book. And now here's also a way for you to go grab that book off of Amazon or audible so that you could then consume that content. Is that what you're referring to? 
Yeah, yeah, 100%. It usually starts with like a reference to the previous, because again, this one is reinforcing the Sunday conversation. So quick reference to the series of the part, or hey, here's the bottom line, or here's what Buck talked about. Um, what's kind of the action point? Like what's my main point or my bottom line? What's like the one thing I want you to do real quick or would suggest? Um, and then what are you pushing them to? We'd love you, you know, to join us for the conclusion, you know, this coming Sunday or we unpack it further or whatever it might be. Um, and yeah, we've had a lot of those. Um, and sometimes it, it's something that would have been a total sidebar conversation. Um, you know, we, we had gone through a series um, where we were talking about um, uh, faith. There was a, a Sunday conversation that was all around like faith, trust, what does it mean, etc. Buck had wanted to have this kind of sidebar question about, well, one of the, the greatest barriers to faith is uh, when tragedy happens in life, the question of why do bad things happen to good people? We're like, hey, Buck, if you introduce that randomly on a Sunday, you, you know, you've just added five minutes, which is 25% of what we've already allotted you. Make that an overtime conversation. And so he, you know, released a four minute video on touch points of, hey, why do bad things happen to good people? And it's something that would have seen kind of out of left field on the Sunday conversation, but then he was able to have um, that conversation and, and, and on a practical sense, I mean, that went up on think Facebook, Instagram, and our YouTube, you know, channel as well. Um, and it was really well, you know, engaged with uh, the book reviews, to your point, we've done a lot of those um, that are like trying to push people to another resource, here's something where you can go and explore this further. Um, you know, we talked about Ramsey when we did a, a financial piece on a Sunday and, you know, hey, here's the baby steps, here's something to go explore, um, et cetera. So as often as we can to try and make it practical and reinforce Sunday is kind of the, you know, the hope and the desire with that. Jordan, can I just dive in just real quickly here? The, the um, uh, I have lots of conversations with churches all around the UK and around Ireland, which is where our Further Faster Network is, is based. Um, both with churches that have joined our network and other churches that are leaning in and interested as well. Um, and what you're talking about answers two of the questions that I get all the time. So at the moment, there's, there's one church in particular where the pastor saying to me, all his people are saying, all we ever see on Sundays now is the pastor and maybe the worship leader. We want to see more church people. We want to see more. In, and you can't just have endless interviews and endless church people on your YouTube Sunday morning service. So they're wrestling with how do you, how does the church feel like it's part of the church? Whereas if you've got overtime conversations, you can have a whole bunch of different faces involved in book reviews, involved in doing a little three minute devotion on why God allows bad things to happen to good people, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and the other question it answers is, is we used to have loads of people in serving roles. And when you serve, you feel like you're part of the church. You own it. It's not your church anymore. It's my church because I'm serving in it. And again, things like overtime give lots of different people a chance to serve, to serve in the backroom jobs of uh, filming, editing, creating, color grading, uploading to these different platforms. And, you know, maybe that's the teenage element or the younger element of church life, which is why I loved earlier on you saying we need to have younger voices around the table. Um, but it also gives people to serve, not just in the backroom stuff, but the, the front stuff. So you can say to someone who's really good in front of a camera, just I want you to, to figure out some books and do some book reviews. Here are the subjects for the next couple of months. Do some book reviews, do a two minute conversation. Um, so it answers these questions of getting more people serving and seeing more church people on screen and realizing it doesn't all have to be around the hour on Sunday. It can, the content can drop out, like you say, in so many different forms across so many different platforms for the other 167 hours a week so that I can 
grab that conversation in a podcast as I'm driving to work or as I'm walking the dog, or I can actually flick up a YouTube page while I'm bored in an evening or while I'm bored at work or whatever it might be. So uh, yeah, it's beginning to answer a lot of questions that a lot of our pastors have got right now. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I just I think saw, Jordan, I saw a great example of what you guys are talking about. I think you were doing a series on relationships and you had your children's ministry director talk about an article referring to like the art of listening essentially. Mm-hmm. And what are the yep. habits of a good listener? And so she just walked through these steps of the Harvard business review article that had been impactful in her journey of becoming a great listener years before, but it tied into the series, even though it wasn't necessarily referred to in the Sunday conversation or the message um, as a lot of, you know, the preach that a lot of us would refer to as, as, uh, yeah. Yeah. Jordan, you were going to say. No, I I think even that one is a great example of of what Duncan was saying, because I I don't want us like underestimate the power of all the different voices that you are able to include, because there's so many things that happen as a result of that. It's more shareable. I mean, when you see like, you know, your lead pastor only all the time, there's just a normalcy to that. There's nothing wrong with it, but there's a normalcy. Whereas when it's these new faces, you know, so that lady, so many of her friends shared that. It was one of our most viewed videos. They were so excited for her, right? Because it was a new face. They were proud of her, et cetera. You're able to bring in, you know, experts on areas. There's, I think it's old school thinking to make it, you know, to where your lead pastor has to be an expert on everything in life, which is really the pressure that we put on our lead pastors, right? Let them be faith experts. Let them be Bible experts, whatever it might be. But, you know, we just did this money series and we've got CFOs that we brought in to, you know, talk about a certain topic. We have, you know, people that have started their own financial firms and, you know, come in and let them be a part of the podcast and let these experts in your church, you know, have a voice and and speak to these, you know, topics. And it creates owners as well. It creates vision owners when they, you know, have an opportunity to be a part. Um, They take it so seriously. I mean, you know how often we're always communicating how normal that can be for us, but you give somebody this one-off opportunity, they want to make it great. They're excited. They're telling their friends about it. Um, and there's a, a loyalty and a buy into your church as well. So there's, there's a lot of things there. And what Duncan said, why this is additionally, a, you know, a really cool um, opportunity. So let me ask you this question, Jordan, and I'm assuming, I hope that you, you guys have wrestled with this. I'm asking a question that I didn't pre-warn you about. Do you guys have a win? statement for the overtime category like if you were to define hey our podcast these short form videos whatever content falls into the overtime category what's the win what's your hope for those pieces that go out yeah we've said we we've said the whole kind of content category we just want to create compelling content that's helpful Um, and so, you know, those basically the two big words being compelling, like it's interesting, it's engaging, it's high energy, it's relevant, et cetera, and helpful in terms of it, you know, it has a next step. So it just pushes somebody towards either community. I mean, that's the whole flywheel piece is it's, Hey, we've got a meetup happening on this topic. Um, or it provides something like a resource. Um, you know, here's something you can check out. Here's something you can sign up for. Here's a question you can ask your spouse, um, et cetera. But it's really, you know, application focused because, again, it is so short and they're consuming it in a place, you know, where they're at. So um, and that's the overtime half. I don't, you know, for the sake, I want to hand it off to Shane, too, for the, the opportunity for a community. I think the other piece um, of this flywheel that we haven't talked about is what we've branded as the four talks. Yes. Um, whatever you were to call it, I, 
I personally am so excited about this and I'm interested to see where it goes, especially when we are meeting in person again, et cetera. But the four talks, we just said there also needs to be a category that is disconnected from Sunday. Um, behind the scenes, we've branded that as an attractional category. So that's kind of what we're calling this group of content. And we've branded this one section for talks. Um, but something that is disconnected from Sunday that, you know, cast vision to your church that is helpful, that is practical, that is shareable, et cetera. Um, and so the reason that the four talks conversation came up is we said there's something that perhaps is unique to maybe church world and maybe education um, where the content that I consume. So if I come on a Sunday morning, the content is already decided for me. Mm. Any other form of content that I consume. So when I'm thinking, you know, whatever it is, YouTube, Netflix, Hulu, Spotify, iTunes, like it doesn't matter. Like I choose that content and I usually preview it first, you know, right. I watch a trailer, I scrub through it or whatever, but I go on and I decide what it is that the content is that I want to consume. Perhaps there's some ads suggesting what content I might I was want to say based on an you, algorithm. I was going to say the algorithm <laughs> yeah. decides, but you think yeah, you're exactly, but no, but the algorithm yet. though, this is, this is important, Jordan. The algorithm yeah. is deciding based upon your preferences. So Correct. it is it is artificial intelligence saying, hey, this is the kind of content that this guy or this person consumes. So I'm going to suggest more of that kind of content. And you're saying, right. Jordan, that education and the church are perhaps the only two places in the world where we typically don't get to decide our content. It's not tailored to right. our taste. Right. And again, right. and again, Jordan, for me, the, the, the beautiful thing about this is you're beginning to answer another one of the questions that all of our churches are asking. And, and we're, all of our churches are wrestling with this. Uh, I want to attract new people. I want to reach new people. But I also want to keep my core engaged because they give, they serve. They're going to keep the mission going for the long haul. And, and we've tried to f funnel all of that onto a Sunday morning. And that's a really hard thing to do. But what you're saying here is, look, primarily with overtime, it's probably going to be more of your engaged core that are leaning into that because they might well have started the conversation on a Sunday. But also there's the whole four talks. So you can say to your friend who's told you that they're struggling with money or bereavement or loss right now, hey, there's a five minute talk that, we, that, that you might be interested in. I'll send you the link. And, and you're, you know, it's, it's for your community. It's for your friends. It's for you to reach out to people who don't normally come. So you've managed to give church these two different places where they can distinctly say primarily this is about engaging our core and primarily this is about reaching new people um so exactly. I, I, it just is ticking lots of boxes it's answering lots of questions which is why i think out of all the conversations we've had on these webinars perco this is the most electric and i feel like everybody needs to hear this because it's practical it's, it's, it's so helpful yeah so jordan walk us through like maybe give us an example of first of all Tell us a little bit of the brand for talks because I don't know that, you know, everyone is familiar with um, the idea of the four concept um, that Jeff Henderson has so well coined and, and has helped so many churches literally around the world before their community. Maybe walk us through what is the four brand and, and how does that play out practically in this kind of Netflix type of content? Yeah. Yeah, so we have launched for Austin here, um, and the kind of four branding methodology is the, the kind of bottom line of that is, is for too long, the church has been known for what it's against. We want to be known for what we're for. 
Yeah. And so, you know, for it's a, it's a community engagement initiative. It's a way that we serve, show our community that we're for them. Um, we've got four all over our building. We've got four on all of our shirts, you know, et cetera. Um, and that's kind of the um, approach that we've taken here with four talks is to say, Hey, this is, this is a, a branding where we're not um, the hero. Uh, but the attendee is the hero. The listener on the other side is the hero. Um, story ran by Donald Miller's where we've gotten a lot of this, you know, thinking as well. Um, that's just such a great resource, such a great book. Um, but this is a concept to say, like, we just want to provide content that is helpful to somebody where they're at. And um, we said four talks kind of, you know, would be a very simple way um, to uh, communicate that. So I, I'm sharing now npaustin.com slash four talks so I can give kind of a practical example of what we yeah. look this looks like. Yep. But the dream, and again, we're a couple months into this. I think we've got like 20 or 25 of these four talks created now. But the dream is to say like, what if we can build our own Netflix kind of library of content, if you will? And the example I, I gave, I think talking to you guys offline was to say, you know, what if you're in the middle of a series on serving? fantastic great everybody's you know for serving wonderful um but you're a family who just had a new child you know and you're like all i can think about right now is keeping this human alive you know yes. that like that's all that i'm consumed with like I, I wish i had time you know that's great i'll talk to you in a year or two um but i'll take everything that you have right now about parenting like i'll take a three minute video on parenting right now because i'm thinking about that in a whole new lens or life right as you know one example of something of how could we provide content that meets people where they're at um or if you know your marriage is in shambles and you know we're talking about whatever how to read the bible that's fantastic i'd love to know how to read it better but all i can think about right now is i'm in crisis um and so this uh, four talks. So these are the we we've break we've broken it down, broken it down into these four kind of categories right here, of four faith, four relationships, four leadership, and four personal health. Um, and then you know I'll click on the four faith one here. Um, you know now we have just a series of videos. There's how to pray, how do I read the Bible, forgiveness, different ways to connect with God, identity. These are like the first five that we've released with um, faith, etc. Right. Um, and you can see all of these are minutes long um, and standalone and meant to be uh, very shareable, etc. cetera. Um, and uh, I think Shane had the one. That, yeah, Shane had one that was just on hurry. So this is Shane's here. And Shane's hurry video had as many views uh, this past week as our, our Sunday morning uh, conversation did, which is just interesting to see which topics, you know, resonate and which ones don't. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you click on any one of these and it will link it to, you know, other ones in that category, yeah. um, et cetera. So that's when we're saying Netflix style, right? I mean, we've just rolled this out in the past six weeks, um, but that's what we're kind of referring to of saying, I can go and find content that's relevant to me and, and where I'm at right now. Yeah. And Jordan, just, just on that, uh, again, sometimes, you know, for our churches, we can look at that and we can say, yeah, but you've turned some of the rooms in your building into studios and you've probably got really expensive cameras and, and lighting and, and microphones, but actually, you know, for, you know, you, even if you don't have a building, you can spend 10 bucks on a really nice little stand for an iPhone and the quality of recording you get out of an iPhone is incredible. And then you can spend maybe 50 bucks on a really decent microphone for your iPhone. Mm -hmm. And you can, you know, for, so for a very small amount of money, as long as your face is pointing to the window and you've got some light on, on your face, you can get decent video, decent quality. And at the end of the day, it's, it's about the quality of the, 
the, the content less about the quality of the, the, the video craft. And so we can all do this. We don't have to have, you know, amazing technicians and technical budgets to be able to do this. It's doable for all of us. Yeah. Well, and that background is white paper. I mean, that's like, you know, it's, it's a giant sheet of, that's when we say studio, there's a white, a gray, a black paper that will roll down. And then we have a green one so we can turn the green screen in whatever we want. But I mean, it's like, you know, we're rolling on a budget too. So I, I agree. There's lots of ways that you can be creative um, and do this. Well, Jason, I don't know about you, that, that last 35, 40 minutes is some of the most helpful content I've heard from church leaders for a long time. These boys are on to something. Absolutely. I loved what Jordan, yeah, I loved what Jordan said a little bit earlier on. I got my pen out and my pad and I wrote it down. He said, our aim in producing content, our aim is to produce compelling content that's helpful. Mm. I mean, how simple is that? When yeah. you get together and you're sitting around a table with your staff and you're planning what to put out on your YouTube channel or even live in the room. It has to be compelling and it has to be helpful. And so what you can do, I guess, is after the weekend or after you've put your piece of content out, you can sit down and say, how was that compelling? Mm -hmm. How could it have been a little bit more compelling even? And yeah. how was it helpful? In which way has it helped people? Yeah, it's a great um, filter, hit, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Great if you filter. hit those two things, if you hit those two things, you've won. Yeah. Um, so you know you're winning. And uh, yeah, so I, I just thought that I, the content piece in the flywheel was so, so helpful. How about you? What jumped out for you? Yeah, well, honestly, Duncan, there were a number of things that jumped out to me. But the, the biggest one is that they're not doing it on a Disneyland budget. They're doing yeah. this on a very realistic budget for, I think, most churches to be able to really participate in. I don't think anyone could say, oh, well, we don't have enough money or we don't have enough staff. You know, they've got this large thing going on and they've got such big budgets and, you know, great equipment. They're doing it on a shoestring budget and they're leveraging volunteers who want to engage in helping to create this compelling content that's also helpful. So the thing, the other thing though, Duncan, which leads to our next part of the podcast coming up next week is they don't just see the content as the end result. They see it as yeah. a tool. It's a stepping stone to connect people into community. And that's what they're gonna be talking about is the other part of the flywheel and how do they leverage the content to connect people into community in part two of this conversation, which we can't wait for you to hear. But Duncan, before we go, any other comments you have about this? Well, it's just, it's just that idea that if you produce content that is compelling, people are gonna go, wow, that's tasty, I want a little bit more. Yeah. And so you can say, if you want some more, we're meeting up digitally or even physically on people's drives. We're meeting up um, for these little meetups. And um, so you can carry the conversation on with us. So the content drives connection and Shane's gonna talk in the next episode about exactly how they do that. So please tune in for that. Absolutely. And before you tune in for that, make sure you connect with us online during the week, because let's face it, that's where we're all hanging out is online. And you can find us online through our social media platforms. We are Bricks and Clicks Podcast. If you search for that on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, you'll find us on all of those platforms. Or you can go to our website, bricksandclickspodcast.com. You'll find contact information there on the website. And we really mean it. We'd love to hear from you. We want this to be a conversation, not a monologue, but a dialogue. And so we'd love to hear from you online this week. Duncan, can't wait for the next episode. Until then, guys, cheers. See you next time.
Well, we hope this episode of Bricks and Clicks was helpful. If it was, then we'd love if you could leave us a review on your preferred podcast platform. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you are leading a church in Australia, the UK or Ireland, we'd love to help you grow your church by reaching unchurched people. Go to www.bricksandclickpodcast.com and click on your country's flag to find a whole bunch of free resources to help your church go further, faster and become irresistible once again.